I'm Dori Locke, your host for the call, and I'd like to be the first to welcome you to the Size Seminar's monthly call. And tonight we'll be highlighting tools and techniques from the basic seminar. We will be discussing the secret to creating great relationships. And we know, obviously, this is a very hot topic this month because we've received hundreds of questions from you when you registered, and I'm excited to hear what we have in store for us this evening. So I have the pleasure of welcoming two very powerful women to this call tonight. Many of you may know them. Uh, let me begin by introducing Ms. Jane C. Wilhite, and I'm truly grateful to have this opportunity to introduce her. Jane is the co-founder of Sci Seminars and the woman behind the continued growth and development of this company. She is the reason hundreds of thousands of graduates have taken the basic seminar. She is a true visionary and is committed to helping people get what they want in their life. We also have Ms. Shirley Hunt joining us this evening. Shirley is the president of Sci Seminars. She has worked with the company for more than 34 years. She has facilitated the advanced courses, including the Life Success course and Women's Leadership. She works very closely with Thomas Wilhite and continues to be the right hand for Jane Wilhite. Would you please joining me in welcoming Ms. Shirley Hunt to the call tonight. Shirley, are you with us? I am with you. Thank you, Dory. You're welcome. I'd welcome like to the call. 34 years, you know, it makes me sound so ancient. Um, I'm personally excited about the uh, call tonight and the topic of the call this evening because I think if somebody asked me what's the most important thing of everything that there is in interacting with people, and I would say understanding, studying, and continually looking at relationship. And that is relationship with self, relationship, uh, you know, uh, dating relationships. And uh, relationships go beyond, sometimes when people say relationships, I think of a male-female or a couple relationship. And it goes beyond that. So relationships are about dating. They're about relationships with, personally, my workplace, relationship with my coworkers, relationships with um, children, and how I have a relationship with my daughter, with my granddaughter, and uh, relationships in my career, and that's my relationships to results. So relationships go beyond, I think, a broader scope than just pinpointing it to a relationship between two people. So uh, with that, uh, I want to um, turn it over to my one of my mentors and uh, co-founder of the corporation, and that's Jane C. Wilhite. Well, hello, and hello, everybody. What a hot topic. God. Especially in February, isn't it? It's add um, on the um, and uh, you know the game. I, there's only one game. You know the game. I saw this ad and it was this woman and it said, "To give is to receive." So buy her something great for Valentine's, and you'll receive on Valentine's night. <laughs> I thought it was a great ad. So guys out there. Um, if you've got a woman in your life, please go out and buy her something special. You know, it's the little things that make a difference in a woman's life, not not all the big ones, just the little ones. So, yeah, I started to think about this a couple of weeks ago when um, they asked me to do this. And 
know, I was thinking, boy, after watching relationships now for more more years than I can even start, and, and thousands of people, I look at and see, you know, to have a great relationship with the opposite sex, you've got to have a good relationship with you. And you've got to have a great relationship with yourself. You've got to like yourself a lot. You've got to think you're hot. Um, and then when you think you're hot, it's so much easier to think the person in your life is hot. When you like yourself, it's easier to like your friends. It's easier to like people. But when you don't like yourself, it's so hard to like somebody else. It's so hard to say wonderful things about other people when you're not saying wonderful things about yourself. It's just really, really hard. So I would say in relationships, number one is you've got to start on your I am's. I am a leader. I am wonderful. I am pretty. I am great. And then begin that by the doing the things that make you feel great. We've gone over this with a, whatever class that you're in, is you do the things today that feel good tomorrow. You do the things today that make you feel hot and great and a leader and uh, just a wonderful person tomorrow. Not today, but tomorrow. So I would say that in relationships, just to start out with, you've got to work on you. You've got to know that you are hot, that you're, that you're worthy of that relationship. You know, one of the questions that I saw is, why would somebody love me? And um, that came from a JD. But, um, man, you've got to start off with you, Jay. Um, why would somebody, why do you love you? And start from there. So I'm gonna, let me, let me go back just for a minute. Um, I had a really good relationship with Thomas. And we worked on that relationship and there were a couple ways that when we worked on them, they worked better. One was the one to ten rule. I know in relationships and when you're living together, it's so hard because you go, okay, do you want to go to dinner? Well, yeah, I do. Well, how much do you want to go? Don't you want to go? And you just have this constant thing. You're trying to please him. He's trying to please you. And you have these constant talks back and forth to the point you're going, fine, let's not even just go to dinner. You don't want to go to dinner. So we had this cool thing, and it was 1 to 10. And I did this with my daughter. In fact, I did. I do it with Shirley. Um I do it with a lot of people, and that is, do you want to go to the movies tonight? On a score from 1 to 10, how much do you want to go to the movies? And if they say 4, then I'm not going to start to the car, all right, um, if they ask me. That is a way that you can communicate how you really feel because words of that's okay or, well, maybe, and I guess it sounds okay. You, you don't. I don't get what people are saying, so I'm always after well, what do you mean? Do you really want to go? Do you really not want to go? What do you want? Because I want to please you 
So what do you want? So when if if I say to Shirley, you want to go to dinner, and she goes, um, no, or I'm a two, I know I don't want, you know, she doesn't want to go to dinner, so I will find somebody else to go to dinner with. So that began, at that one to ten worked on everything. It, it works on, do you want to make love? <laughs> you know, if did you want to make love? Well, uh, two. So, um, you know, that time, get the book out and watch a television program. Um, that really worked. The other thing that worked um, in our relationship was fair fighting. Um Remember, you're going to have fights. If you're going to have fights with your mother, with your father, with your girlfriends, with your kids, with your husband. And I think people take them way too seriously. As Shirley Hunt would say, it's not a tattoo. It's not going to stay forever. You're never going to remember the fight or the disagreement. So get off getting all upset about it. It's just a disagreement. It's nothing more than that. Um we don't come unglued if our kids get upset with us or our mother gets upset with us. So don't get too unglued if you're going to have a fight. In fact, Tom and I, when I was upset with him, I would say, I want to fight with you about something, and um, can when can we do it? We'd make an appointment to have an argument. Um, we still have the argument, but we did have fair fighting. And fair fighting is when you're, when you're fighting, you've got to stay with the fight. You have to stay with the fight, what you're fighting about. You can't go to last week and last year. You can't go to her mother and her father. No, you've got to stay with just the fight, just the fight. You can't go off. You know, also, when you get hot in a relationship, you get angry in a fight, there is a point, there is a point where you are to the top of your threshold and you choose to start going below the belt. You do choose that. There's a point where you stop fighting and you go, well, I'm going after you. I'm going to get you. And you go deep. And those are the things that damage a relationship more than anything. I remember, um, I remember fight. Thomas was really, he never got too involved in the fight. Yeah, I'm a little more emotional, so I got kind of involved in the fight. And and uh, I remember one time he was fighting with me, and I was getting so angry, as I told you not to get angry, as I was getting so angry, and then he looked at me and he says, you know, this is going beyond the fight, so let's stop right now. And I'm still upset. I couldn't believe it. He just stopped it and he walked out of the room. I went, oh, my God. Then, it was like two or three months later, he was more mad at me than I was mad at him. And he was going off and going off. And I said, this is moving beyond the argument. This is way beyond the argument, and we need to stop it right now. And he, he looked at me, and he went, good point. And he walked away, and I was, I was delinquent. 
don't believe that he could just shut it off that way. But there is, it's called fair fighting. Fight about what you're fighting about. If you want to argue about something else, make another appointment. But this one's just about that he did was late for dinner or he didn't show up or he said something or she didn't say something or whatever. But stay right with that. And make sure that you stay aware enough that you don't move to total annihilation of each other because those things are so, take so long to heal. So that's the second thing that we did with the fair fighting. I think one of the most important things that I ever learned was if you're having an argument with someone you love, it doesn't matter whether it's your kids or whether your husband or whether your wife or your parents, okay? If someone wins and someone loses, both of you lose. Both of you lose. You can only come out with a tie. And I know that's so hard because we're so competitive. But if you win an argument with someone you love and they feel bad, believe me, you don't win. You just don't win. Okay? Winning the battle or losing the war. You can keep winning battles. And I think I have told this to hundreds of thousands, thousands of, uh, of, of people. If you win the battle, you could lose the war. And there's a whole bunch of battles to be fought in relationships. And you have to choose. Is this a big enough battle to, to go to kill each other? to win or lose and then nobody wins? Or can we just step back, breathe, and say, you know, I'd like to win the war. And the war is a loving, kind, respectful marriage or relationship. That's what winning the war is. You can't win battles and then win the war. You just can't. So um, that, that really worked really well for us. Um, and one of the one of the um, the questions is what do I what do I think? And I, I think you could jump in here, Shirley, but what do I think is the main point? Well I think the main point in relationships is commun is is respect. Um, I guess right after that I would put loyalty and then trust. Because if you have those three you can create a great relationship if you're, you know, everybody needs somebody in their corner 100%. You know, we're out there fighting wars all the time, whether we're on the freeway, whether we're in business, whether we're other people. We're out there all alone fighting. And, you know, it's really great to know that you have a foxhole buddy it's with you all the way. That will never throw you under the bus. That it's there 100% for you. Uh, that, I mean, everybody needs one of those. Everybody. And I had it in Tom. I also have it in Shirley Hunt. We've been friends for 54 years. We met when we were kids in Worcester, Massachusetts. And we have been friends ever since. And 
that relationship is she is loyal to I mean nobody but nobody would ever say anything bad about me in front of her and you know what nobody would ever say anything bad about Shirley in front of me and that's the kind of foxhole buddy you got to make of your friends and you've got to make of your relationship because that's where it starts that loyalty starts relationships and if you don't have it then if if you would talk about well i can't say it when when my daughter's mad at me she talks to shirley and when her daughter's mad at her she talks to me so we just keep it real in the family because once in a while you have to vent but you have to vent with somebody that's loyal to you and that would never take advantage of you okay so now i'm going to look at some questions and um, the first one here, Shirley, is why are men so afraid of commitment? I don't know. I know Shirley Hunt, and so I know that it isn't just men that are afraid of commitment. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's why are people afraid of or resistant to commitment. And uh, I would say, for me personally, that when I resist commitment, it's because I know once I make that decision and I'm committed, whether it's in a relationship or to a result or uh, to myself, that I'm loyal to bring it home, meaning that uh, the word loyal, meaning that I'm eating it, I'm sleeping it, it's driving me. So once I personally make a commitment, then that commitment drives me. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's the resistance in most people yeah. to make that commitment. So they can make a decision. However, they can make a commitment. Okay. Here's the next one. When do you take the lead and show your significant other the way versus first working to achieve consensus before before proceeding down the path? And and I'm thinking, which path? Is that your path or his path? I mean, your path would be one way, but if you want to lead without consensus, eh, I don't know how you do that. I don't. That doesn't sound like it's win-win to me. You know, um, I think that everybody in relationship kind of sets up who's do. Who does what great, okay? I mean, when Tom and I were together, he took care of everything outside of the house and with a motor. I took care of everything inside the house. So I guess it's the person that knows the most would take the lead. I don't know how to how to answer that, really, Cheryl. Well, as I read the question, um, when do you take the lead and show your significant other the way, what sticks out for me is the way. Yeah. So okay. my question there is uh, when I, I know for me that when I'm into the way, it's my way, and I'm standing in a righteous, this is the only way position. So my question there would be to uh, wonder whether or not it's there's righteousness involved in that, and this is the only way versus in partnership we create the path. Good. I like this one. Um, there's someone in my life who I've known for three years. This is, comes from JB. 
I'm not going to say names because these are personal relationship questions. So um, there's someone in my life who I've known for three years who I have a strong feeling for. He's always on my mind. I think we're good friends. However, our friendship is very one-sided in that I am always there for him. He does not reciprocate. Well, I think at Principia Matt said that pretty good, didn't he? Um, and I think that movie, what, he's not that into you? I think, you know, if you're not getting what you want, Cheryl, jump in here. Well, it seems confusing to me in that it says our friendship is very one-sided. And then the more I try to forget about him, it seems he just keeps coming back into my life. So I think that it, it, it could be crossed agenda there. Yeah, and he keeps coming back in because you're there waiting for him. Uh-huh. You know, that's kind of like keeping keeping all the puppies in the barnyard. So maybe he's got five or six that he's keeping in the barnyard. Right? Right. Okay. Um, what advice to give to a young widow who lost their husband unexpectedly? Hmm. Well, I lost mine unexpectedly. One of the things that I I think, when you're going to get a divorce from someone, you usually know a year before because you're going, well, I don't like this guy or I don't like this woman. Oh, my God, I thought I loved her. Now things are not working. So you've got months of that going on until you kind of get to the point that you say, this is really not working, and that's usually an hour, an hour, I mean a year, year and a half, sometimes three, four, five years. So by the time you're divorced, you know you're divorced. You're done. You've, you've kind of, you've, 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 you've seen all the negative stuff for so long that it's just kind of you just move on and you've got to work through some things for you and see where you went wrong or how you could have made that better. But when a death happens, it's like I didn't even remember that I was single for two years. People sometimes would say, well, the single people raise their hand, and I never raised my hand because I didn't think I was single. Knowing that you're single takes a year or two because you never wanted it. You never planned for it. You never saw the negatives. And you can't really say, well, what could I have done better so it wouldn't have broken up? So there's a, a whole bunch of different things with losing a spouse than divorcing one. And it, it takes, I think the big thing is you end up the same place, but it takes much longer when you lose a spouse. You know, uh, in response to that, too, J.C., there's a book uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote on death and dying that could be beneficial, and it talks about the stages uh, and then ultimately getting into grieving and acceptance. So I'd recommend that. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the name of it is On Death and Dying. Oh, I get a good one. My professional profession involves caring for others. My passionate level of caring seems to come through as genuine love. This is from J.T. I have never done anything even remotely inappropriate, but have had difficulty with clients trying to breach my professional boundaries. You know, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but when someone 
operates from genuine care, concern, and loving. It's such an, an a, attraction. It's such a magnet. I mean, people are drawn to that. Just, just you just can't help it. You just wanna, you wanna just stand next to him and get a little of that feeling that because being around people that love unconditionally is rare. And so when you find one, you just kind of want to hang around that person. So, you know, I take my hand. I said there's such a compliment that people want to hit on you or whatever. I would take it as a compliment because unconditional love doesn't come along very often. You know, in these questions, I've had a few people ask, how do I get um, people to like me more? How do I attract someone? And, you know, that's how. Being unconditional love, I mean, um, that is, <laughs> boy, that's a magnet. That's such a magnet to people. So I guess one of the major things is to take your judgment and put it in a box somewhere and then put it six feet under because our judgment is kind of what, what throws up relationships. Um, our judgment of how they should be, what they should do, how they should talk, how they should act. I mean, it's it's so overpowering for people and people feel so judged. So um, with this guy, um, JT, keep it up. People need it. Go ahead. Oh, um, here's one. My husband and I went to size 7 together. This is for KP. We both gave ourselves an 8 in our relationship, so you're doing great. But we want to have an amazing relationship. And how do we get to a 10? Well, I guess that's by being real honest. I mean, tonight, you both sit down and write how a 10 relationship would look. I mean... I guess uh, if I was going to say, um, is a 10 relationship, um, you're sitting in home um, with a martini, um, ready to go any place and do anything. Uh, is a 10 relationship, Shirley jumped in here, um, what's your 10 relationship? What What's your fantasies? And I'm not talking just about sexual fantasies. I'm talking about any kind of fantasy. Sitting together holding hands in Paris, um, swimming in Hawaii, um, going to a swap meet together. I don't know. What do you love? You make all those lists. And then you try to fulfill his, and he tries to fulfill yours. And I'll tell you something, it will move to a 10, maybe a 9, but a 9.5, but I'll tell you something, if I had a guy right now that was fulfilling all of the things I wanted, man, I'd never let him go. I never would. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's a good point that you made with what is their number 10. Yeah. With no judgment. I mean, if he wants to, um, if he wants to go dancing, good, go dancing one night, go to the opera one night. Just, you, you just get out of what you want. And get into what he wants. And you, mister, you get out of what you think is right, wrong, or whatever, and just 100% get into what she wants. And if she just wants to take a walk and hold hands 
and that makes her feel full inside and loved, man, just do it. Because what you gain from that is, is so much joy. Okay, I have two questions. How do I know if my re- relationship is healthy? Well, I guess it would depend on how happy you are, right, Cheryl? Are you happy? Yeah, that would be the question. And, and just the fact that they're asking the question might be something that they may want to look at. Right. In a fight, we are both voting red, or well, one of us is. I think I took care of that when I started the call. If you've got to start mm-hmm. fighting, guys, you can't ever, you you just can't do it. And, and, and keep that relationship in, what's a good word for it? In grace. In grace. My daughter is, um, she married, as everybody knows, her high school sweetheart. Um, they went, they were love, not lovers, but they were, they loved each other in high school. And then he went off to the, to the army. He went to college, then went to the army. She went down, got into the singing stuff in L.A. and did a lot of shows down there. And then they came back and they were just as much in love. And she's in grace. She will not even bring in any thought of him not being Mr. Wonderful. She just sees him as wonderful. And and he sees her as wonderful. The loyalty between the two of them is amazing. And I think once you can grab hold of that a little bit, you can build on it. But one of the things, you can't let anybody say anything bad about him. You can't let your mother, your father, you can't say, first of all, you can't say anything bad about him. You can't say anything bad about her. Because that allows people to put their own two cents in. And you don't want that. You want to keep the dream. You want to keep the dream. Cheryl? Yeah. uh, Another part of that question was, uh, or statement was, I find the real uh, struggle in deepening existing relationships that have begun and undergone some conflict. I can remember my very first relationship as a teenager, and then it hit the conflict wall. And I think that I believed it was not the journey; it was the destination. So what, what I'm saying here is is that in relationships, whether it's relationship with self, I have inner conflict sometimes. We all do. And in a workplace, we sometimes have conflict. And conflict sometimes makes us stronger. However, our expectation of there is no conflict ever in a relationship, I believe, is unrealistic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. There's, a, there's one in here. Is how do you maintain relationship, a great relationship, with the pressure of multiple life-changing events? And this this girl, it's I J. She said, being a newlywed five months ago, with both moving to a new home, purchasing the new home, with a mortgage, and both changing jobs at the same day time, with the first baby coming. How do you maintain it? Well, I think you white knuckle it through this. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and you white knuckle it. You just 
Oh, the, everything is fantastic. I, I think that's the only way you're going to get through it because that's a lot. That's a lot. I think you should work out a lot. <laughs> and laugh a lot. And laugh a lot. Laugh a lot. That's Uncle on, babe. And, you know, one of the things that you did well is that you dated well So to get married. So go date a little bit. Go to a couple places that are familiar in the date. Bring back that date mentality to keep a little bit of love and not a little, I don't mean a little bit of love, but a little bit of the dating love because that's familiar. Just keep doing that. Okay, we get a couple more. How to maneuver the relationship once you're in it. I'll let Shirley take that one. How to maneuver the relationship once you're in it. Yeah. I don't think I understand the question. No, you understand it. You'd never is, do it. But is that how to, do you think it's how to control the relationship after I'm in it? Well, let's see. It's from J.S. Well, it kind of, you know, so often men and women, um, they fall in love and they say, let's get married. And then they think, um, then they think, well, I'll change him, I'll change her. We'll be together and I can maneuver him to do what I want and I can maneuver her to do. But that don't last very long. The maneuver does not work, does not work. Because then there's no trust. And it throws trust out the window. Go ahead, Cheryl. You know, it's sort of like um, a flower growing. You know, those of you that know me know I'm not a flowery person. However, if I use it as an example, there's no way to maneuver a flower growing. You just allow it to grow. And uh, to maneuver a relationship means that there's an end result that one of the people has in mind on where it should, could, must be. So I guess my response to that would be, in a relationship, I think we're blessed when we have great relationships. We're blessed. And I would just suggest let's remove the word maneuver. Totally, and it's how do we blossom the relationship once we're in it. Okay, and this is kind of close because it says, how or why can myself and my husband come to an agreement and have a friendly divorce? Well, I have seen, I have seen great divorces, by the way. I have seen great divorces. I remember one of the first divorces that I ever saw that was wonderful was years ago when Ron Newman, who um, used to own, um, what was the name of it? Um, Red Onion. The Red Onion. And now he owns in L.A., Orange County, Santa Barbara, San Diego, a place called Sharky's. And he was married. He had a child. And then they divorced. And then he married Bobby, Roberta. And they had children. And they all partied together. They all came to size seven together. And they that was the first, I think, relationship that I saw, two or three marriages that were all intertwined, and yet they were so kind to each other. 
And it can be done. But it's the same thing as we've been talking about all night. You have to put into play everything. You've got to put into play the trust and the and the loyalty. You can't talk about people when they're not there. You have to um you have to be kind. You have to be um respectful. I I think you can make it work. And and also you just you just got to get away from trying to annihilate the other person and make them pay um, because that just never works. Okay, Shirley, got another one here? Yeah, I've got one here that says, um, that asks, do you recommend that um, meeting somebody through a dating service mm. or through friends and family, what would you recommend, separated for two years and like to meet someone special? I think the answer to that is just constantly being aware that a person can pop into your life at any time, any place. I remember in the Life Success course, the Psy 7 and in the Women's course, uh, women would share that they met somebody in a supermarket line or uh, they met somebody at a tennis match. So it's just constantly being aware of uh, where do you find a relationship or where do we breathe. It could be right there, right in front of us. And as far as the dating service, I mean, if you sense that that's right for you, then I think uh, you go for it. Good. I do, too. I think you go out and you just go any place. You know, as Shirley said, hey, where do you find men? Where do you breathe? Where do you find women? Where do you breed? Let's move on to this one. I thought this, this was, my son has been stealing from my house to smoke weed and he's a runaway. I love him, not the addictive behavior, but those are words. I keep telling him that I don't allow this in my home, but he twists the truth. Well, I mean, I'm not going to finish it, but, you know, these kids are good. <laughs> they are good. They, they can run, run circles around us. Um, and we need some help because they get help. You see, they go to all their friends, mm-hmm. and their friends are all helping them on how to run circles around their parents, whether they're just in high school or whatever, and whether they're smoking weed or they're just kind of being obnoxious. They have a support team that teaches them how to get around. And the problem is we don't. We're all by ourselves out there so often and we don't have help. With this one, I would say you go to Al-Anon and, and have those people help you. Mm-hmm. You're getting snowed, girl. Um, uh, you're, you're getting snowed. Go to Al-Anon. They, they do some really great work, and you're going to have to take responsibility and stand up. Um, you can't. By the way, you said and you, wanna, you want him to know that you love him. Well, you know what? After 15, 16, I don't know how, this, how old this kid is, he knows you love him. Honest to God, he knows you love him. That's why he's able to get away with everything. So go to Al-Anon, speak to some friends, and um, and just kind of be you. Take care. Take, put you first once in a while. Okay. I wa- this is yours, Shirley. I want to learn how to communicate with a man without appearing to pursue him. Chasing him or controlling. This is from L.R. I want to be able to express my desires without 
the above and just be myself. I am working on manifesting the man of my dreams. Thank you. Well, this goes back to the woman's class, doesn't it? Who you are speaks so loudly. Um, so, Shirley, take this one. Well, I think it goes back to what you just started to say, which which is who we are speaks so loudly that uh, um, people can't hear a word we're saying, meaning that if we're coming from fear, then someone around us is going to sense that. I think learning to communicate with a man or a man learning to communicate with a woman is no different than two people communicating together. And uh, it's just simply being us just simply being us and who we are. It says, how do you stay married to someone who you saw, this is from DR, who you thought you knew, personal values, beliefs, only to find out once living together that there's somebody completely different? And I want to know who changed. Who changed, you or them? And who changed by from judgment? And then it just kind of built up more judgment. Um, once once you start looking at that and know that that it it really was not the greatest choice for you as far as people, but make sure that it's not because um, you made up the person, and then when they didn't live up to it, um, then. It's you judging them and saying um, they're different. You know, Jane, I think it goes back to the uh, question of how important is the relationship to us. I remember years ago my daughter Shelley was talking to a 90-year-old woman and she'd been married for, I think, like 71 years. And Shelley said to her, how did you last that long? And she said, When he stepped backwards, I stepped in. And when I stepped backwards, he stepped in. Oh, that's really good. And if I think about friendships or work relationships or my relationship with myself, that when one person steps backward, if their commitment is there for the other person to step in, and vice versa, in that we take the lead and we're the first ones to step in because two people standing side by side angrily are not going to get very far. So it's taking that first step making and taking that black vote, philosophically taking that black vote. You know, what I want to say, is there anybody out there that has anything to say? We have 15 minutes more. And does anybody have any comments or any questions that we haven't covered? There are some questions that we have not covered, quite a few, but maybe we'll have to do another call on those. Um, can you put that out to everybody? Or what do they do? Do they put put their phone or a number? So you'd like to take some live questions? Sure. Or comments. Okay. Or so comments. if you have a question or a comment for Jane and Shirley. I'd like to ask a question. Okay. Sure. Um, I have a unique situation I'd like to ask about. Um, I no longer have a relationship with my siblings because of a legal situation. I'm not allowed to talk to them, and they're not allowed to talk to me. So uh, there's no relationship anymore at all. And 
what I need to do is find a way to build a relationship with other people in my family because of what happened. Um, um, my siblings killed my mother, um, so I don't talk to them anymore. And um, so I don't know how to do that and um, how to build a relationship with myself because of what happened. Um, honey, have have you talked to a therapist? Yes. Okay, so you had some work, right? You've yes. Done some work. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, man, that is so heavy and so yep. painful. My God, I my heart just goes out to you. Um, I am so sorry. But I don't know what to do other than to find a, a better way to have, communicate with the people that I can in my family and the ones that I can't, I no longer see anymore. So I, I'm a little bit unclear, though. Have they been incarcerated? No. So um, they it was killed no. by medicine or what? Yes, by okay. drugs. Okay. Yes. Okay, and you choose not to not to talk to them? Or do they choose not to talk to you? I asked not to have a relationship, and um, the lawyer suggested because we ended, we had a four-year legal battle. Okay. Well, you died. probably don't want to go in that road anyway. That's a painful one. Holy cow. And it's full of, um, what are those things that blow up? What do they call them? It's, landmines. Yeah. <laughs> that is the landmines. I don't know how you do that. Now, are you in the Psy Arena? I've taken the basic, and um, I've taken some other classes outside of Psy. Okay. Um, and well, so l let me jump in here for just ask one question. So, what is the real question you're asking? The real question is how do I have a relationship with myself, um, with all this hanging over with me, because it's always on my mind. Okay. And it's interfering with other relationships in my life. Okay, so in the basic, in the very first class that we instruct, actually the basic for kids is the first one. However, in there is a technique called screen of the mind. Do you recall I that? I remember. Yeah. In, uh, uh, it's just uh, suggesting that constantly use the screen of the mind. Mm -hmm. Constantly see the perfect end result. Mm -hmm. so, How you want it to be. Very, very good, Shirley. That's great. So how would you say in 10 years the perfect end result would be for you? Can you see a picture? There is no relationship with them anymore, period. No, no, um, I don't see it with them. I'm just saying... No, with myself? Yeah, how uh, do you see yourself in 10 years? Can you get a picture of you and children or um, a relationship and you being extremely happy and gay and just fulfilled? Can you grab hold of a picture like that in the future? Not at the moment. How old uh, are you? I'm in my 50s. You're 50? Uh-huh. How about when you're 60 years old, okay? Mm -hmm. I want you to draw a picture around that. Let's do 55. Let's draw a picture around that 55. Where can you take a trip someplace when you're 55? Is it someplace you want to go? Italy. Good. Now, I want you to see you eating pizza. <laughs> hey, no, I want to be eating spaghetti with a tall, dark, and handsome man. <laughs> That's where you do it. You get some pictures. You pick out a restaurant. You see yourself 
sitting outside with a wonderful man and eating pizza, and you are so joyful. And what I want you to write down is the wonderful things that you are saying about your life. Mm. Like, oh, my God, I, I never thought I'd be so happy. Oh, my gosh, I, I have so much. I am so pleased with me and my life. And um, Can you see that? Not at the moment, but I can understand what you're saying. Oh, you can work with it, though. Right. Yeah, you, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, and, you know, and the other thing, too, is constantly working on you, taking that next step, taking that next class, taking that, uh, buying that extra set of DVDs or something that will continue, continue your personal growth because you did start on a track of personal growth. Oh, yeah. I've worked at Career Track a long time. Okay, so, so it's that continual series of seminars and just constantly working on you. Thank yeah. you for sharing. That was that was sure. huge. That was okay. huge. Thank we you wish very you much the best. For question. Thank you. Next okay. question. What what I'm wondering is um um the relationship with my husband that's um ending. Um I have a I respect him in certain ways, but he has been um so demeaning like um to me, not to the world. Like, you know, with my own, um, he minimizes me, he calls me names. I mean, it's, it's his own insecurities and all his other stuff. But I've got two kids, and it's really hard, and they're girls, and it's really hard to, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't go around, like, sh- shouting it all the time, but when he'll do something and they're there, it's hard for me to figure out, um, I don't want to stay silent because I don't want my girls to think that um, that behavior is okay, but I'm, I have such a hard time getting out of my way. I mean, I don't respect that part of him at all. I don't want my daughters to think that that is acceptable. But yet, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't want to try to turn them against their father either. It's just such a hard place to be right now. Really? Um, well, you know, it's interesting because I started to say, let, let me respond to that, because I remember I was in a relationship years ago, and I had the same issue. Uh, mm-hmm. not his child, however, I had a child. And uh, I looked to you for suggestions, and you said to me, okay, the first thing you do is you write down 50 things that are good about him. And I mm-hmm. said, I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, you said 50 things that are good about him because what that will do is it will start to move you out of your resentment, because that's where I was at the time, and have you be able to look at it objectively, then at that point you sit and have a conversation. Right. He doesn't converse. No, I think that you. I think. I think you've got the eye on the wrong thing. I think that if you look and start doing that, then mm-hmm. your girls will see you, and they will say to him, "Boy, Mom said you're the best." at mechanics. Mom says you're the best at this. Mom says you're the best at that. I mean, the, the you can't fight that kind of fire with fire. Uh-huh. Okay, you just can't. You've got to put love into it. And there was a time when you loved this man very, very much. And yeah. I would start with that and just say he's just angry. That's what you say to the girls. He's hurt and he's angry. But you know something? He's a great mechanic. He's great here. He's great there. And you start turning your heart around. Mm-hmm. In a communication of in private to him, 
would be, you know, that ju- I just want to share this with you. That just really hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, God, the kids are smarter than you think. <laughs> yeah. They do know. Well, you know. Yeah, but I don't want them searching out, you know, when they get older. I, I certainly don't want them trying to replicate what they, you know, they exactly. were raised in. And that's the hard thing. But the other hard thing is, you know, it's really gotten very difficult to, um, you know, to to kind of um, voice positives about him when he has absolutely nothing positive to say, you know, about me. You know what I mean? It's like stroking somebody who's beating you down. And it, so it's really hard, but I know I get I get it, and I think that um, yeah, I think that could bring me out of resentment if I focus on other well, things. That still that's keep that's the reality why I that's why I was going to respond to it and say uh, let me respond. That's why I wanted to respond to it because I personally was there, and I I was in deep resentment, and there was I just couldn't even stop to think of anything. Good, what it did. I'm not saying that you stand for anything that's demeaning. You know, or right. you give away your power because right. people don't take our power; we give it away. We allow exactly, that. exactly. So, so I, how did you come out? Did you come out with feeling okay, and you could split more amicably, or at least with your self-esteem intact? We are the best friend, best of friends to this day. Interesting. Okay, and so that's what you we split. We did split. However, we are the best of friends to this day. Interesting. That's and cool. that's Thank the you. goal. The goal is not today. The goal is not today. The goal is, you know, long term. Good. Long term, babe. So you Thank just you. Thank you you. need to change you. You got to get off this. I mean, um, yeah. Because you're into what he did wrong, and he's going to be in. Because you're not hearing that, but we are hearing that. No, no, no. It is, but you know, it wasn't that way for the first, you know, three or four years. It was just like, you know, the peacemaker me. You know, it's like, yeah, he's learning, he's growing, he's all these things, but. But, you know, then you kind of get in this rut place, and pretty soon you're feeling like you aren't worth much. And and I know that, you know, consciously I know that, but, you know, subconsciously in there I know things are breaking. Well, maybe you, know, you, need, so that, you need to start with 50 things that are great about you. Thank you. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I think that's a really awesome point. And then, I'll, and then I'll move on to his stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. We have one Hi. more person out there from Denver. Yes, you're on the line. Yes, I divorced in 1998 after 29 years of marriage. Yeah, okay. So it's been about 12, 14 years. I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, okay. But finally, I feel ready for a relationship. Yeah. And so how the heck do I get started? It's, as I, I said, think it's you've been started. a long time. You are. You oh. started. <laughs> you started. Okay, so now what's next? You, you, you'll know what to do. Just keep your eyes open yeah. and your heart open. Yeah, and you know what, honey? Just, um, as somebody said, write down everything that you want in a man that's, you know, so he's not Superman, mm-hmm. but, and then put it in your wallet and walk around with it, and then you create it. And you know what? There's really, um, who just wrote a book on finding their soulmate? Um, what's her name? Oh, she was a speaker at, at, at Principia. Cherie Carter Scott? No, no, no. The other one, the other girl. She um, was, uh, Ford. Uh, Arielle Ford. Oh, Ford, thank you. Ariel Ford just wrote a great book on finding your soulmate, and she does some coaching calls on it, too. So you might do that. And I think the Sci okay. Arena is the greatest place, personally. Lots of people. Uh, excuse me, Dory. Amen. <laughs> share for half of a second. Uh, Dory, you want me to okay. share? Yeah. Oh, 
Well, I, uh, I met my man of my dreams at Principia two years ago, and I wasn't looking for anything. In fact, I was just going, and I was 100% in the work and just, you know, thrilled to be there as usual. And on the very first night of Principia, he had uh, written a poem, and it was about his woman, his perfect woman, what he wanted to create. And he said he turned and looked, and that was me. And so he came and got me <laughs> that first night of Principia, and the rest is history. And thank that's you, Jane, awesome. for asking me and to share that. That's awesome. And for those of you that don't know, Principia is the advanced, advanced, advanced course uh, within the Psy Seminar series of seminars. So that's really where we all want to be. Yeah, there's five or six. But there's a lot of marriages in the basic. There's a lot of – so if you're in the basic arena, just, you know, get out there and hang around and ask people. You know anybody that would be good for me? I mean, sometimes you've got to move out a little bit. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with going out a lot. I don't think, you know, things like Match.com and things. I think anything that you can do to get your face and name out there is uh, fair game, hun. Uh, great. I was thinking my first goal might be just to get some men friends. <laughs> Since I only have one or two. Cheryl? Um, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you know the path. You know, it, it, there's an old cliche, which is a problem defined as half salt, and you've defined the problem, and you've defined wanting to move forward. So it's half salt. It's just moving forward. Yeah, I have to say, it feels good after a long dry spell. Good. Hey, Cat, are you on? Is Cat on? Uh, Kat, um, on? She's on, uh, Jane, however, she might be on the webcast, which has got a slight delay, and she may not hear this. Do you okay. want her to come on? They want to do comments or anything else on the call or what they would like to hear more, or do they want another call on relationship? What do they want? How do they do that? Do they? Who do they write? Well, you know, what we could have them do is probably send an email to teleseminars at SciSeminars. So T E L E S E M I N A R S at P S I Seminars dot com. Okay. If there's specific things that they'd like to ask. And plus, Jane, as you know, we had over a hundred questions that were submitted for tonight's call. And maybe what we can do is, you know, spend a little time answering some of those and, and um you know, sending out an email or there there might be something special that we can put together related to that. Okay. Well, okay. I want to thank everybody for being on the call uh, and for um, and for participating. You know, it's always great. Just get, you know, if we just get a little charge once in a while, it keeps us on. I have said for years that this path of personal development is not an easy one because there are so many things that keep us from not growing and not changing. So it's it's hard to keep going when you're alone. It's nice to have these calls once in a while and to read books and to go places where you know it's positive because then it just keeps you keeping on. And um, that's, you know, we're either growing or we're decaying, so keep growing, everybody. Keeping one of the nicest things that we can do is to give everybody a reputation to live up to. Mm. So when you're looking at your friends and everything, see only the good in them. See only the great in them. And let them know it. You know, one of the questions in there was, you know, um, can people kind of 
feel if you love them. And I and I thought, well, do you think people can feel if you don't like them? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> they can feel it. So your feelings and how you look at people and how you accept them is so important. Remember, we all want just love and acceptance. That's it. We want to know that we matter. So God bless everybody, and have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you so much, Jane and Shirley. I really appreciate the powerful teaching that you did tonight. I, once again, have taken a ton of notes, and the 1 to 10 rule is going to be right up there for me, Jane. So thank you, ladies, very much for sharing You know, everything you did tonight. It was fantastic. Very good. And I also want to thank all the guests and graduates that have joined us this evening. We know your time is very valuable, and we appreciate you spending some of it with us. We will be sending out a podcast, a recording from this call tonight, and providing you with information for the upcoming call that's happening on March 13th. You will not want to miss this call, as we will be exploring Screen of the Mind. Oh, good. Yep, and I had a chance to review this topic with our special guest speaker this afternoon, and he has assured me that you will learn some things that you can apply immediately. In fact, sometimes people have a challenge visualizing, and during this call you'll learn how to master the screen of the mind. So to register for that call, you can go there now to SciTeleseminars.com. That's www.psitelesemnars.com. Again, we want to thank you for sending in your questions in advance. As you can see, we had an opportunity to answer quite a few of them, and I'm sure that we'll be able to work with Jane to see what we can do to answer some of the rest of them. If you're a guest joining us tonight and you'd like additional information about size Seminars or just keep in touch with what's happening in your city, please go to SciSeminars.com. And also, we'd love for you to become a fan of size Seminars. Please go to Facebook.com forward slash PSI Seminars. Thank you again, and we appreciate you sticking with us to the end of the call tonight, and we hope you have a fantastic evening. Thank you. Good night. Buddy. Good night. Thank you. Good night. 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 Good night.